Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. Welcome to our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. Now today our topic is the staff or management meeting. And uh, I think this is going to be a good discussion. You, Greg? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really good discussion and also within the context of uh, our new virtual world. So uh, very interesting. So let me uh, just set the stage for those of you that haven't hung out with us before. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We're besties. Yes, we are. We've both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others can often miss the mark. We will most often start from the employee's perspective, and we're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations and use them as a learning uh, tool. And we're always going to have that underlying theme of a good discussion. So today, the staff or management meeting. You have a regular staff or management meeting in which you experience some or all of the following. Your boss and others are late, a lot or all of the time. The boss has to leave early for another meeting. The agenda is too extensive. The meeting always goes over. There is too much background material. Or not enough background material. Or not enough. The boss and others don't read all the material. Some people talk too much. Maybe it's you, the boss. People talk over each other. The boss have, has offline conversations or pre-meetings on your topics or concerns. You feel like you're always two or three meetings out. Some decisions seem to already be made. Don't pretend it's a vote if it isn't. The boss always front loads what they think, trying to be transparent. It comes out like the decision is made and they're just inviting dissent. If you dare, the decision has probably already been made and nobody takes minutes or notes the takeaways. So Greg, how does this affect our relationships or work environment? Well, you know, we spend so much time in meetings, especially in North America, but so much time in meetings and when they are ineffective, it it's just such a waste uh for everyone involved and i think if you uh if you surveyed across our listeners and and across organizations this is something that is the biggest opportunities and you know we spent so much time i i swear throughout my career at least four or five times i had training on how to make meetings more effective um and and a lot of the things we're going to talk about are things that we include in there but it's actually putting the things into place because when you're not effective, you're disengaged, your, uh, your performance is lowered, uh, and especially some of the things where we've talked about in the uh, setup here around not being prepared, not showing up on time, it really sends again the consistent message of uh, you're, you're not valued and your time really isn't valued. Yeah, I've, I've had a bunch of really good examples of these types of meetings, whether it's uh, myself as a staff member or as a manager on the management team or whatever. I've had some great examples, but I've also had examples where it's the friggin' circuses in town, right? And, mm -hmm. and it's just crazy and like, there's no more circuses, right? So, so it just goes to show, but uh, I've had some really good examples of this and just some just horrific um, examples of it. And uh, I don't know about you, Greg, but... Uh, I don't mind talking about stuff, but I want to have a good meeting. And uh, I have a couple stories in mind, which uh, as we go along, hopefully uh, 
um, I'll have a chance to to share them. But uh, uh, early on, uh, I had a couple really good managers who just ran good meetings with the group, and you got a lot out of it. It got to the point, and then off we went and did what we had to do. So uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, me too. Me too. So what are some simple things to make the staff or management meeting uh, a better thing? Some common sense things. So the first one, and this is for the manager. You are a big presence in any meeting. Depending on your personality, you may be a huge presence. Be aware. Yeah, we talk a lot about self-awareness and how you show up. Um, And this is a big piece about that. So be aware of who I am in the meeting, what my presence is. And uh, we've talked about in other sessions around even go in prepared, get yourself settled, understand what you want and how you want to show up for this meeting, uh, because uh, it's easy and not with bad intent to, to, sh- to show up uh, in a ways in which you think is helping the meetings, but it isn't. I know personally I've done that. Uh, I think I've talked about before I've gone into a meeting and so excited about something and my excitement overwhelms everyone else and results in me not listening to anybody um, and me leaving thinking Phew, that was amazing and uh, and then only discover afterwards that it was very uh, not amazing for most of the folks that were there so uh, be aware of how you're showing up is so key and maybe you don't need to be there that week maybe yeah Uh, The next one was be on time. And we've talked about this in a bunch of other interactions between people that work together. It is so important to be on time. Yeah. 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 We've, we've shared other sessions of, uh, you know, this is a scheduling thing and certainly in the virtual uh, situation that we're in today, people are on back to back to back to back zooms. Um, And, and uh, we've talked in other sessions about um, scheduling 45 minute meetings and giving yourself, 15 minutes in between to take a break, to take a walk, to clear your head, to come and be very present with the, uh, with the session to ensure that you're not running over. Cause when we're backing them in back to back, you are going to be late. And that sends that message that really this isn't as important. And be prepared. If uh, we're coming in and you know, there's an agenda ahead of time and there's some material, so important not to waste everybody's time because you know you have four five ten twenty people in this meeting and they're all spending two or three hours getting prepared for this meeting you need to be prepared as well there's a lot of time and effort uh invested in this meeting yeah you know as a manager too um you can help your your team members uh by by giving guidance of how you learn and what you need to be prepared as well because everybody's different right there are folks that uh, one of the tools i use is something called colby which is really how you make decisions and problem solve and and there are folks that really are initiating fact finders and you know these people they love and need to read all the details before so to those folks make sure you get the stuff ahead of time to them but if you got it read it be prepared but sometimes you can also give some real great guidance to say hey listen um I just need to know what are your top lines that we're going to be talking about in this meeting and what do you need me to do ahead of time? So uh, uh, we can, we'll talk about this when we talk about what employees can do, but you know, that you can help prepare them. And, but as a leader asking what you need to more fully show up is going to help folks that are presenting uh, ideas. And when it comes to being prepared, uh, very important, try to keep the material people need to read to a minimum 
move away from lengthy background documents, always be aware of mission creep. Like I just said, you know, there's a lot of time and effort uh, preparing a big group of people to have a meeting together. So, you know, let's not have everybody reading War and Peace. Let's, you know, have them read the material they need to read so that we can have an informed discussion. But uh, let's try to stay away from uh, background information becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and just eating up so many people's time. Yeah, and you know what? Again, people are different. So if you're leading the meeting and you know that there are some folks that really need to dive deep and are it's important for them to do it, if you do send out the thicker document, um, say in there that, you know what, uh, for those that like to dive deep, go for it. Uh, for us that really want to really need to focus on the areas, where you need to focus on is page four to seven in these areas and be informed in those areas. So what that does is it really just honors each of our learning styles and allows us all to be prepared for a meeting most effectively. And you know, what I would just add to that is if you are sending stuff up, send it out ahead of time to give people uh, the time to actually be prepared and, and uh, uh, read through it ahead of time. Uh, don't be sending it out the morning of before the meeting, nothing more frustrating. I like that strategic approach. Like uh, this, these are the important bits I really need you to read. The rest of the, of the stuff is optional and uh, getting it to people ahead of time so they can get their head around it. Maybe they make the decision, hey, I, I really like this or I have something to say about this. I'm going to go deeper into the background material now that I have the time to do it. So I like that strategic approach. Yeah, and you know what's great about that is that uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a guy who is somewhat into details, but not too much into details. So I really actually depend upon those folks that are more into details who go through the full document and might be able to pull out something that is unique that I don't see. So by giving it the flexibility, that is awesome. And then I also value those people who are really great at just picking out the top three things of the document. So allow, it allows you to tap into the full uh, knowledge and gifts of the whole team uh, by the way they learn and the, by the way, way they pull things out of your pre-read. And I like that modeling aspect because if you're the leader of this group or maybe just one of the major participants, if you're modeling how you want the meeting run, how you, um, that you model the way that you're approaching documents and preparation, that's contagious, right? And, and people will take, especially if you're a big presence in the room, people will take their, their, their uh, example from you. And if that's the way you're doing it on a consistent basis and you're encouraging that, people are going to fall into step. Yeah, I agree. And be realistic on what can be accomplished. There's not, nothing worse than, you know, getting into a half hour, an hour meeting and there's 20 items on the agenda. I think we really have to be realistic on what we can get accomplished and, and prioritize and what has to get done. Maybe we need, you know, two meetings rather than one or, or whatever. Maybe some smaller groups can deal with certain issues. But, you know, looking at a daunting agenda with a, a finite amount of time uh, just creates uh, frustration. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, years ago, I introduced um, a model that was really about something called intentional dialogue. Uh, and, and that is being really clear on what the purpose of this meeting is for, why are we here, and it could be even the subsections of the meeting, but don't overload it uh, and be realistic. But if this is a decision-making meeting, that it's a decision-making meeting. If it's a discovery meeting, it's about discovering and bringing ideas forward. But you know, having that purposeful uh, amount uh, direction up front, and also to your point, don't overload it. Um, create the proper space 
uh, and structure to be able to um, maximize your time together. Keep an open mind and give space for people to talk. Uh, one of the stories I was thinking about uh, when we were preparing for this podcast was I was uh, a very uh, brand new employee uh, in the police service and it was at the beginning of a shift and we were having a meeting. Uh, we called it parade. And uh, the manager, the sergeant was going through uh, some things and uh, got to the point in the meeting where he said, listen, we have some citizens complaints about uh, a traffic problem. And uh, he was really good, very orderly meeting. He knew what he wanted out of it. And when he was talking about one of the locations that we were getting a lot of uh, complaints about aggressive driving and stuff, uh, passing school buses and stuff, this is like 30, I don't know, 33 years ago. And so I opened up my ticket book and I'd been there the previous two days because I, it was in my area, my patrol area, and I observed some aggressive driving around where kids were getting on buses and stuff. I'd actually laid a bunch of tickets, uh, charges under the Highway Traffic Act against a bunch of people. And he was so good about giving people space and watching the room. And uh, he went, Alistair, do you have something to add to this? Have you been doing something? Go, yeah, I've been giving some special attention to it the last couple of days uh, as school was letting out. He goes, okay, can we talk afterwards? Let me see what, what work you've done and uh, keep up the good work. So, you know, this agenda item had already been looked after and he jumped on it right away because he was looking at the people in the room and seeing what was going on and was always aware of the people that were working for him. And uh, right away jumped on the opportunity and went, okay, oh, good, thanks. Okay, you and I are going to talk afterwards and uh, uh, we, can take care of, we can take care of that agenda item. I just love that, that there's... You know, he kept an open mind. He was reading the room, watching people, giving people space, saw something. And then, you know, very nicely because I was brand new. So I really wasn't supposed to talk in the meeting, but uh, it was a different time, different place. And right away drew me out and uh, uh, we dealt with the issue. And I, I, that, that to me was just modeled uh, as I went forward and, and became a manager myself eventually, how important it is to give people space to make them feel comfortable, no matter how new they were. And when you see something, when you see that, you know, uh, glint in their eye or the body movement, or all of a sudden they're looking for something in front of them that you give people the opportunity to participate and call them out in a very nice way. And uh, look what happened. It was gold, right? The problem had already been, it was being addressed already and he didn't know it. So to me, that always modeled for me and it was so long ago, but even to this day, I still remember that meeting. Well, you know what? Uh one of the biggest opportunities for leadership these days, and uh, even in COVID, it's even accelerating further, is this whole idea around uh, emotional intelligence and being able to um, tap into the room, uh, even if it's a virtual room with regard to it, and being able to, to understand. And it starts with knowing your people um and and being aware of who they are and how they respond and you know uh so a great leader is someone who does keep an eye you said some really interesting things like you know a twinkle in an eye or a, a smile or a noddingly you know really uh, you see a lifting of a body to that they've got something to say but if they're introverts and there's a great book called quiet which is from the perspective of an introverts that every extrovert should read 
but it's about how do you create that space, especially for folks that might not be as confident, because there's gold often in those quiet people because they're observing everything and taking in, and they may have an experience that really helps accelerate the idea. So uh, this, is a great, this is a great point and, and an important one, um, and also one that's hard to do sometimes, um, but just be aware of those folks and don't embarrass, but uh, be, be, create that sense that you can get a sense of when people have something to say. And I think it's that approach, right? When you see somebody, maybe somebody that is a junior member of the team or something like that, you know, I think it's a real skill, art to, you know, Greg, uh, you're nodding your head there and, and just kind of invite them into the discussion and do it in a way that doesn't embarrass them, doesn't make them a spectacle. I, I just think it's an art form, it's skillful, and it's so important. And if you've known they've done something like in your example, there is a great one. If you've known they've been working in a particular area, being able to say, hey, Alistair, I know this is a place that you've been spending a little time. Can you share your experience and what are some of the things you're seeing? Because that, that allows you to share something that I know I have confidence and knowledge on. My boss has just acknowledged that he sees that in me and it creates more uh, space to be brave and bring things forward and uh, um, to express those ideas, um, which, which then builds that confidence for that person to be more willing to share in the future. And the next point, keep order in the group. Keep the group disciplined. A healthy environment can be learned, but it starts with you as the manager. Yeah, you know what, I, I, we, I, I always start with ground rules, um, especially if it's an ongoing meeting, uh, you know, let's just have a quick, quick review of how we're going to be with each other and what's the rules, and that is accelerated even more on a virtual perspective. How do we, how do we hold up our hands? Uh, you know, what are the tools that we use to connect on this? How are we going to uh, be uh, res uh, respecting and, and having dialogue within each other? It's so important. And, you know, it doesn't take long to say, hey, let's check in before we start the meeting. What are our aligned ground rules that we're all agreeing to? Is there anything else that we've learned since the last time that we want to add that will help us be more effective and more uh, collaborative as a team? Those are all good. You can evolve them, but have it to start and use it as a touchstone. I had a, a kind of a standing uh, meeting that I was supposed to attend to. Uh, I was uh, like a a financial crime investigator and I did a bunch of other things as well but I worked in this one uh on this one team and uh the meetings there was a, a monthly meeting it wasn't with my boss it was just kind of a group of us and I just found there was no discipline in it uh the person that was kind of chairing it uh they really weren't that type of person and uh more often than not if if I had uh something else on the go and I couldn't make it you know, I didn't feel bad about not going because it, it was just undisciplined. It wasn't it. People weren't rude or anything like that, but there was no point to it. There was, there was, I sometimes question why we even had it because a lot of the stuff I think they wanted to do, we just did naturally as a group, you know, informally, but it, it became kind of a, the opposite model for me on how to do a meeting, how important it is to have order, to set ground rules, to um, deal with any uh, unhealthy behavior in the room. And, and there's times when as a, the chair of a meeting, whether you're the manager or you're the vice president, or, you know, especially if it's a management team, part of your job being the, the person in charge is to ensure that uh, the meeting's going on, we're respecting people's time, and 
that uh, people behave properly towards one another and listen and allow people the opportunity to talk. I, I think it is a learned behavior and it has to start with the boss. It has to start with the, the chair of the meeting. And I find uh, in the good situations that I've been in, uh, within two or three times of meeting, if it's a good boss, a good chair, people learn, people actually want to have a good meeting. And if you do what you have to do up front and make sure there's order and everybody's respectful of everybody else. And often it isn't a negative thing. It's just people get really over enthusiastic, right? And they want to talk, they have something to say. Mm -hmm. It usually only takes two or three meetings before everybody kind of, okay, this is how it's going to go. This is, you know, this is a good meeting. I, I want to come to this meeting because we get stuff done. I get a chance to say it moves along. You know, the, the amount of work is manageable. The prep isn't too onerous. I really like this meeting. And I've been at a bunch of these types of meetings where they're just really, really good meetings. But it starts with the person in charge. They're the ones that set the tone and make sure that the meeting is what they want it to be because everybody wants the same thing in a meeting, right? They, they want this thing to go along, be successful, and just get it done. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the other thing for me is, um, is knowing your group. Because uh, we talked, a, I talked a little bit earlier around of the different styles we have. Some of us like to have a lot of facts. Some of us like to ask a lot of questions. Some of us like to get excited and brainstorm all over the place and go all over the place. Know who your team is. Know who you are as a leader and your natural approach, but also know your team. I had one group that was a supply chain group and they were all man, big fact finders. So they would ask tons of questions because that's what they're good. They're good at probing and digging deep, but they would get in analysis paralysis amongst each other. So sometimes you structure your meeting. So they structure their meeting actually that every dialogue was 30 minutes and then a timer went off and they knew that they were done that dialogue and they had to move forward. So they had to put actually some structure around that allowed them to be more effective. As a leader, what I needed to do was just declare, you know, I get excited about some things and sometimes I talk too much. But having those ground rules and also having shared accountability, I would have people that were working for me that would say, Greg, uh, just in, in respect and aligned to our, our, our ground rules, uh, you know, five minutes uh, to talk about one topic, then go on or one question at a time. But they would help hold me accountable to not getting uh, overly excited because I was creating ineffective meetings through my enthusiasm uh, and through my willingness to kind of contribute and help. And that helped me model the behavior and also was vulnerable to the rest of the group to say, hey, it's okay to get coached from others on your team to make this um, meeting more effective. I like that, that's awesome. And finish on time. People have other commitments. There's nothing more frustrating than uh, you knowing you have another meeting that you've prepared for and you're going to be 10 minutes late and, you know, that start in that next meeting is going to be, you know, staggered. It's not going to be a good setup. So we really have to... Uh, make sure that we end on time, respect people's time and allow them to move on. Yeah, I think so. Uh, really important. And we kind of touched on this already, but model respect. It is contagious. If you're the boss, set the tone. And set it early in the first meeting, the first couple of meetings. People, people, this is what people want, right? They really want respect around the table. There's going to be times when we disagree. Maybe we even get a little heated because we're passionate about what we believe in and what we know. But if we model that from the first stage, from the first meeting, 
it is so contagious and and you know it's like a wave right if you're if you're in one of those situations and i think we've all had them where you have a series of just really bad meetings it's 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 not going to turn around it that so it's so important from the first time you walk into a place in a new role or it's a new set of meetings or whatever you know model respect it is contagious great 100 percent and have someone keep minutes and, and note the takeaways. A support per person is best so that everybody else can pay attention and distribute the documents so people can get it, get at it and, and get at it fairly quickly. I, I've been in meetings where nobody's taken any notes and nobody's writing down the takeaways. I've been to meetings where it's one of us that's done it. And I hated being the person taking the notes because you don't really keep up with the conversation. And when you're talking, nobody's taking notes. I really like the idea and I've been in a series of meetings where uh, a support person is in there. And I mean, if it's really, really confidential, maybe that can't happen. But most meetings, I think, you know, it, it's, it's easy enough to get a support person to write out all this stuff and uh, make a list of the takeaways and who's responsible for what, and then pop out a quick email in the next hour or so. I just think it's an effective use of everybody's time. So they don't have to worry about writing all this stuff down. Yeah. And I would add to that is uh, two things. One is, uh, is if you have time at the end, go through those. I would have usually decisions and next actions uh, and who's responsible and by when. And so it would be a simple thing to say, let's be aligned because I don't know how many meetings I've left where I thought I knew what we were doing. And, and then we all, it's like five of us were in the meeting and five of us took off into different directions and it seemed clear, you know, going forward. So that I would definitely, if possible, just have a quick, summary and say okay here's the decisions that we made here's what we're going to do the next steps here's who's responsible for it and that makes sense everybody aligned good go boy and then say then send it out as a reminder and a clarification but if you can grab that quick loop at the bottom that's great and the one thing that we didn't talk about i don't think is that I, I, we talked about the agenda but prior to the meeting boy if you can really say hey what's the purpose of the meeting what are the key topics and what you should be doing to prepare it's like the bookends, set it up so I know what I'm going into and I know what I need to be prepared for. Uh, and even if, uh, and, and the more specific can be, the better, uh, and then close it. So the bookend at the closing is to say, okay, what did we agree to? And what are the next steps that we're gonna move forward? And that two simple things, but so powerful, so powerful to help you get more focused. I love that when you get an email and there's a little paragraph saying, hey, we're having this meeting uh, in two days time. Uh, this is the purpose of the meeting. Here's an attached agenda. And I like the idea of the recap that you're talking about. I would call it a recap. Mm -hmm. And it's, a, it's the final agenda item where we mm -hmm. go, okay, this is what we've decided to do. This is what you're doing. This is what you're doing. This is uh, the delivery dates and all that stuff. I love that. You know, you go in there, you go, okay, this is what the meeting's about. Here's the agenda with the individual items. Oh, oh a recap. Okay. And then you have somebody else do all that writing. I think, you know, it just sets you up for success, right? Yeah, I agree. And, and one last thing that jumped into my head is as a manager, know who you want to attend. If it's a regular meeting and you know the folks, then that's great. But really be thoughtful around who should attend and who doesn't need to attend. It depends on the type of meeting it is. But sometimes if it's a for all and everybody kind of comes in and you really lose focus, um, people don't mind not being invited if they know why and if they're going to get access to the information afterwards. So be really thoughtful on not only the purpose, but actually who are the participants and the closed circle who really are important to be there. And then maybe there's an outer circle that needs to be informed as to what went on in that meeting, but be respectful of people's time 
Uh, and, um, and that's the other piece that was just bubbling up for me. I love that. I love that. As employees, there are a couple of things we can do to assist. The first one, uh, be prepared, read over the stuff, bring your ideas, bring your concerns, bring your questions, uh, so that, uh, this can be a meaningful experience. And we talked earlier about, um, uh, also, if you're presenting something in the meeting and you know the boss is, is, a, is a person who learns in a different way, uh, help them prepare. So again, this is a be prepared yourself, but what can I do to help ensure that this is an effective meeting? And that might be up coaching. We've talked about that or, or peer coaching to say, hey, I think this would be really helpful. If there are ways to contribute to making those meetings more effective, uh, take that, that step forward. I like that. And uh, kind of to go along with the theme that's developing in this one, participate in a healthy way. Listen to other people. You know, good comments. Our time is limited, so let's be concise. Let's say what we need to say. Yeah. And we'll use this throughout all. It's not just a management, uh, the, the core skills of management. It's really the core skills of, of really any safe, brave space that people work in are to be curious and courageous. So if you enter with those two mindsets, I think those are so powerful. Curious when something is churning and you think, well, that was a dumb idea. Saying, hmm, what are they trying to get at? And courageous that if I do have something to contribute, to bring that forward. Uh, those are two, almost the core, most important uh, gifts in life is to, and, and it's a balancing act, but to be curious and courageous are, are two gifts that whether you're the employee in the meeting or the manager in the meeting, you can both bring. And do your takeaways. Um, kind of what's implied in this is that this is a regular meeting of some sort. So do your takeaways uh, as soon as you can and, and distribute them uh, on how you're supposed to. Really important to do your homework. Mm -hmm. And ask questions for clarity during the meeting if you need to. Chances are someone else probably has the same question. And I love uh, sometimes articulating at the beginning of a meeting, uh, especially if it's kind of a brainstorming type of thing. There are no stupid questions. Chances are the person beside you has exactly the same question. So please ask your question. Yeah, and I've said this before, but one of my favorite ways of doing that is something's bubbling up from me or something's resonating with me and then sharing what it is and then saying, does that, is that, is that bubbling up for anybody else? Or is that something that needs greater clarity from everyone else? So it's a kind of a safe way to express your concern, your question or your idea. And then if everybody says, no, it's not really bubbling up for me, you just step back, but you've voiced it. The likelihood, as you've said, is it's probably, if it's bubbling up for you, it's probably bubbling up for somebody else. So even something that kind of language, something's really bubbling up or something's stirring in me that hey, I'm really not sure about this, bring those things forward. That's a nice, safe way to, to express your, your, your idea without the worry about people. Some people might not like it. Some people might not think it's important, but at least get it out because those are often where the gold nuggets are. And, and this just, you know, just shows the importance of a manager uh, or a leader setting the right tone so people feel comfortable saying like, um, and for those of you that aren't on Zoom with us, because it's just Greg and I, I put up my hand. I have a question about this. A question comes to mind. Hopefully as a manager or as a leader, we've created that atmosphere where people feel comfortable. Because uh, I don't know about you, Greg, but 
that's what I, that's why we have meetings, right? To get other people's opinions on things. Yes, we're making a decision, but we want other people's, uh, you know, informed uh, opinion on those discussions. So we need to create that atmosphere where people will put up their hands, especially if there's one of, they're one of those introverted people that maybe aren't the people that go to the board all the time in school, right? Those people quite often have just those golden nuggets and we need to create an atmosphere so that they feel comfortable in putting up their hands, say, listen, I have a, I have a little question with this and listen to them. Yeah. And, you know, we talked earlier about the manager's opportunity to uh, heighten their emotional intelligence and their intuition around what's happening. It doesn't have to be the manager. If, if like, if you and I were in a meeting and I knew that you had been working on something that was pretty exciting, um, that related to it, uh, you want to definitely be sensitive to the person, but you could say, Hey, Alistair, um, I know that you were working on something. Um, what was that again? And that might open the opportunity for that person. Now, you, you do want to be aware of the person and you know be sensitive to that. But again, there are safe ways that you can create the space for, for your peer uh, to be able to speak as well. Don't have to leave it to the manager. Um, do it yourself, but also be aware of, of things and find opportunities to encourage even more dialogue. You know what, I think you've kind of hit on a sensitive subject here. We're talking about emotional intelligence. And if you're sitting around a group of people and they all report to you, and uh, I don't know about you, but I could fill an hour all by myself. I have no problem whatsoever. I know you find that hard to believe, but it's absolutely true. But I think it's healthy too, if, if, especially if there's a couple quieter people in the room, you start modeling that you know, every week, you know, after the main agenda items, you're going to go around and say, uh, Greg, uh, anything new from you? And go around and, and hit on everybody in a very gentle, inclusive way, but you know, model it for people that this is an important part that uh, I'm interested in what you have to say. We're, we're all interested in what you're doing. And I think it's just a really healthy way to dealing with those quiet people, maybe people that don't really want to say anything, but they probably do have something to say. And as a, as a manager, as a leader, I want to hear from those people. I really do. And, and sometimes you have to create that kind of that exercise at the beginning of a meeting or at the end of a meeting and just get people used to doing that because there's all sorts of great people that don't talk a lot, that have great ideas and great experience. And I think part of our job as a manager, as a leader is to, is to give people the opportunity, maybe put them on the, on the spot just a little bit to stretch them a little bit and get them to talk. Well, you know, what's really great in this world of uh, virtual meetings is that there are multiple tools that you can use to actually bring that forward. So versus, uh, versus in person, often it's just verbal, but now you have on Zoom, you have chat, so people can add their ideas. There are a number of different polls that you can easily use. And on Google Meets and all these tools, they have these you know, ways in which you could uh, annotate whiteboards that people can add their ideas and build them, you know, word maps. There's, there's tons of opportunities to create greater voice and, and uh, greater space for people to bring their ideas. So don't limit it to just asking those questions, although those are good. Um, leverage the other other tools that you have in your resources that are going to uh, create confidence and allow people to express their ideas. I like that. So, uh, Greg, do you have uh, anything in uh, wrap up? 
No, I think you know what it. We, almost there's a consistency here with regards to these these things that we've talked about. There are that, uh, and here I go say no, and then I don't. I'm going to stop saying no, and I'm just going to say I got three things. You're always going to say you're always going to say something anyway. So like, right. say no all you want, but I still wait for whatever you're going to say. <laughs> I just realize every time I do that. But there, for me, there are there are three things. Um, uh, first of all, as a as a leader and as a team member. Uh, it's about how you show up and how you behave in those meetings. Y you have the choice to be respectful, to be a contributor, to be uh, um, uh, someone who's going to make this meeting really effective. Um, so that's number one. Number two is if you're leading the meeting to set it up well, agenda, clarity, what we're going to talk about, what, what the expected prep is, and for each of us to do that and going forward. And then finally, that, that takeaway at the end, which regards just put the bookend around the wrap up as to what we agreed to, what we're committed to doing going forward. So those are the three things. Show up, whatever role you're at, and with the commitments to do what you need to do. Plan and be clear on what the agenda is and your and the participant should be and then have the follow-up as to say what did we agree to and what are we going to do next and those simple three things can make a huge difference in the effectiveness of your staff or management meetings and i just love the uh, because i've had a bunch of really good examples of, of good meetings of this site of this type when you have a kind of a group dynamic model respect as the leader model respect it's contagious model uh you know a good disciplined discussion a good healthy environment where everybody can participate and you can get the best decisions or get the best information depending on what the meeting is being used for i just think that modeling aspect as as a leader like you're you're a manager you're a leader this is what you're paid to do do it well do it early on and uh you know you want to be one of those people that you know in 20 years from now somebody the new alistair the new greg is talking about the meetings that you had you know 20 years from now when they're doing a podcast or whatever we're going to be doing in 20 years i just think it's so important so important to just model that because it is contagious yeah. everybody wants a good meeting i agree so uh we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful we hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry but i'm going to lean on you again greg for the uh, uh happy or peeved philosophy that right. you live by right right so this is a learning that i've had through coaching i say this at the end of each of our podcasts is that we the best coaches uh, and the best scenarios that i've learning scenarios that i've come out of are ones that i either feel joy and excitement uh, or, or churniness and, or maybe even being a little peeved about what's happened. And both really provide great learning, joy of excitement that I've done something right and I'm getting traction, or churn and peeve that I know this is an area that I need to focus on. Both are excellent indicators of opportunities for growth. And so in each of these, we just hope that maybe you're left with a little bit of joy, uh, thinking that, boy, I am doing some of those things and that is great. And I wanna think about how do I maybe shift how do I engage others? How do I move forward um, with uh, moving away from something that I'm maybe not doing enough of, too much of, or uh, not at all? I like that. And remember, people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.